Beatrice Briggs, Director of the International Institute for Facilitation and Change. And today, our bonfire interview is with Ron Milam from California. Uh, although he recently returned from China, so his work sometimes takes him far away. But his roots uh, and his most of his work is very local, which is something that I admire. And um, he works mostly with NGOs, as I understand it, and in the social sector. Is that true, Ron? Yeah, definitely. Most of my work is here in Southern California, and most of the organizations and collaborations I serve have something to do with making Los Angeles, Southern California, a more sustainable place. Ah, a noble goal. <laughs> <laughs> if we can do it here, it can be done anywhere. That's my, uh, that's my... conviction. Good conviction. So tell me, how did you get started in facilitation? Yeah, well, two things that happened in my early 20s simultaneously. One, a group of us started a nonprofit organization called the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, and I wound up serving as the executive director of that for five years. And then simultaneously, I moved into a place called the Los Angeles Eco Village. And at the Bike Coalition, I, you know, I was a 21 or 22-year-old, fresh out of college, idealistic, really passionate about bikes. Um, we started this organization, and before I knew it, we were in meeting after meeting after meeting, <laughs> membership meetings, board meetings, meetings with politicians, meetings with the media, and I was spending a ton of time in meetings, and I quickly realized that there could be things done to meetings to make them more effective, make them more efficient. So I was experiencing that and then simultaneously I was at the Eco Village which is a place where in the culture there were weekly meetings and annual retreats and I remember early on they brought in somebody, was it Laird Hamilton? Um, a guy named Laird who was a uh, professional facilitator who had facilitated a lot in eco-villages. Oh, Laird Shaw, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. He, um, so he came to the eco-village and gave a one or a two-day, uh, it was both a training, but I think he was also facilitating. And it was the first time that I, ha I experienced anybody who was really there in a role of facilitator. And he had all these processes up his sleeves that helped us with our group. And I remember just being really intrigued by the concept that there could be an individual whose job it was was to make meetings uh, and retreats and gatherings and sessions and convenings, whatever we call them, to make them uh, worthwhile, to make them really get to the heart of what needs to be talked about. Great. Well, you know, when you were talking about your early experiences, it reminds me about something that that who nobody ever told us that changing the world would involve so many meetings. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then, at some point, you um, you uh, so you got some ideas from Laird and watching other facilitators. I think is a great way to learn. That's how yeah. I learn a lot. Um, yeah. But then, um, did you go on and get additional formal training, or did you just keep practicing, which is also a huge part of it? Yeah, so 
uh, I wound up moving to New York, working in a job that had nothing to do with meetings. I was writing grants, which made me realize how much I value being with people and being with groups. And I, um, I wound up launching my own consulting practice in, in New York, but soon came back to Los Angeles. And I hadn't done much facilitation for a couple of years, and a friend of mine, Jimmy Lazama, who was an eco-villager but also one of the co-founders of the Bike Kitchen, came up to me and said, Ron, we've got a bike kitchen, we're growing, we're bursting at the seams, we've got all these new people, we want to have a retreat. Do you want to facilitate it? And I said, sure, I'd be happy to facilitate it. Um, and I, you know, I hadn't facilitated anything for a while, but luckily at the Eco Village, Lois has a whole library of, of books on intentional communities and sustainability, and she also has a whole section on effective meetings and meeting facilitation. So at that point, like the way I learned was I picked up a couple of books. Um, the book by Sam Kaner on, uh, what's it called? The, uh, it's on my bookshelf. The <laughs> Facilitator's Guide to Participatory Decision Making. Exactly. That and classic. And, uh, and great meetings. And I think The Art of Facilitation. I just read the, I poured myself, read those books, prepared as best as I could. And then I facilitated a two-day retreat for the leadership of the Bike Kitchen. And it was a pretty incredible experience because I, I had a little bit of learning and a little bit of experience, but I didn't have that much experience. <laughs> and um, the first part of the retreat went really well. We, we think we clarified the mission. But then it was later in the day on the second day when they had to make a big decision. And it was the decision about do they want a board of directors and how many people. And there was a point in the meeting where it was starting to get tense, we were starting to go over time, and I had no idea what to do. <laughs> so I'm like, uh oh, we're, we're in trouble now. And, uh, and I just owned it, and I just shared with the group, well, I've, I've tried what I think I know, and I don't have any more ideas. Does anybody have any suggestions? And, uh, and Summer, who was one of the folks there, suggested we do a go-round. You know, that we hear from everybody, the 20 or so people that were there. And my first thought was, that's a crazy idea. We don't have time for that. We've already gone over time. But then my second thought was, well, I don't have any other better ideas. <laughs> so, so let's do that. But then I did have some insight, and I added a couple of things uh, before we did the go-round because there was three different choices. So I said... Let's do a go-round. I need to know yes or no for this question. I need to know the number for this question. And there was something else. And if you can do it in a minute or less, that would be great. And so we pretty quickly did the go-round. And where I, I, before we did that, I thought there was no agreement because there was a couple of loud voices that were really... Um, sharing concerns, important concerns, valid concerns, but when we, when we went through this process, it turned out that over 90% of the people agreed on the direction forward. And we had already contracted at the, the, at the start how we were going to make decisions as a group. They were going to strive for consensus, but um, they would be okay if there was a supermajority. And we had more than a supermajority. So they had a decision. 
and and, uh, and we got through it and I wiped the sweat off my brow and um, and uh, and then afterwards did a lot of reflection so so to answer your question how do how did I learn as a facilitator initially it was reading books it was finding opportunities to practice as a facilitator and then reflecting on that experience reading more books and, and continuing that cycle. So that, that was the, the early initial phase of how I've learned. It, it's a, that's a great story, Ron, and it's so illustrative of how this, that combination of, of uh, learning from others through books and observation and then just getting in there and do it and learning from the groups that you mean every time I, I facilitate it's, it's a new experience and there's always some aspect that it's like, ah. Oh, yeah, your strategy of ask the group if they have any ideas. Brilliant. I mean, that, that's that's because uh, that's really we don't always have the answers, but we we are committed to to guiding the groups forward as best we can and right. and, and sticking with them when it's really difficult. You know, and yeah. when it's not clear that they have an agreement. So good for you yeah. for for sharing that story. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about the work you're, some of the work you're doing now. Fast forward to the present, and sure. and uh, what are the kinds of groups you're working with now? So I've I've been consulting now for eight years, and have served over 120 organizations and and collaboratives. And right now in my practice, I'm transitioning from working by myself to serve single organizations to working in partnership with other practitioners to serve collaborations. So tomorrow, for example, although this one I'm just going to be working by myself, I'm going to serve a collaborative change effort called Little Green Fingers. It's a project funded by a, a local funder, First Five, bringing seven or eight different organizations to work together to plan and create eight community gardens throughout Southern California in communities where there's not a lot of green space and, and the gardens are designed for young children. And uh, this is the collaboration's annual retreat. So they've brought me in to facilitate a process to reflect on the learnings they've had so far and plan for the remainder of the grant period and then also begin some initial conversations about what the group of organizations wants to do after the initial funding runs out. And so I'm really energized in spaces that involve multiple organizations because each organization has a different culture, a different worldview, a different perspective. And so how do you get different organizations to effectively work with each other? And that's what I'm thinking about as I design the day. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for people to mix, share stories, build relationships, and, and make decisions for the future. Sounds like it's going to be a wonderful day for, for that group, and it's a great project. One, and one of the things I notice about my work, and, and I suspect it's true for you too, is that it's so heartening because to be working with people who are just out there trying to make a difference and making it succeeding. I mean, making yeah. a difference, but commit to that. And if we can support them through by through facilitation. Yeah, yeah, yep. So here's another question I have. Um, you you work a lot in what we could call the social sector, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to businesses or government 
or academia, although that might be sort of social sector, but you work mostly with community kind of groups. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in your experience, do you find that they're sort of open to facilitation? Definitely. Uh, I think there's definitely an openness to facilitation. There, there is a desire to gather the leadership of organizations each year, and whether it's to make important decisions, like going through a strategic planning process, whether it's just to talk about important issues, uh, whether it's to resolve tension. Uh, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, so much of the social sector happens in meetings. That's when people come together. So I've, I've definitely experienced an openness. Sometimes there's a skepticism, too, like, who is this facilitator? Um, but uh, that's why it's so important to have conversations prior to the gathering with folks who are going to be there, have a chance for people to co-design what the, what the gathering will be. So they're not just showing up and finding out about what's happening that day. So one of the things I found in my practice is the planning is half of the work for any successful gathering. At least half. Sometimes I think it's even more than half that, uh, because it makes the whole difference. And, and it's... Um, it's also, well, I th one of the, I love working with the social sector, I think partly because I kind of came from that. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. I know, you know, I get their challenges and, I've, and I'm cheering, you know, I want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. I also think that because, in general, they're more horizontal mm -hmm. in structures and in their ethos, that, that there's uh, more of an openness to participatory processes. Is that mm -hmm. true? Yeah, yeah, definitely an openness for participatory processes, definitely a desire for that. And because a lot of times it's just the board of directors and a handful of staff folks. So they're all working with each other anyway. But sometimes they struggle with reaching agreement. I think one of, one of the challenges that I found in the social sector is the leadership comes to an organization and everybody has their own individual idea for what the organization ought to be doing and how it should be doing it. Uh, so everybody has their own sense for what the organization should be about. That's different though than what the group agrees to. Mm -hmm. and, and so much of the value of having an outside facilitator is helping a group go from the kind of the I to the we. Going from what do I want to accomplish to what do we want to accomplish. And that kind of process where you can really engage folks in creating what we want to accomplish helps groups actually accomplish it because they're all invested in that process. I love that distinction and it's so true. I mean, the, go, the, the journey from I to we is, and then as a we make decisions from that place. I mean, if you're, if the, to the extent that the group succeeds in, in creating that we uh, mentality and focus it really will strengthen the 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 quality of the decisions and the likelihood that they get implemented. Right, right. And then the challenge is once you have the we to then take it back to the I. So what is it that I can do to help realize what we want to accomplish? <laughs> very good point. <laughs> very very good point. 
another thing I've been wanting to ask you, and in some ways you you told us from your own experience, but um, if you were giving any advice to someone, a young person who say who's thinking about becoming a facilitator or interested in a facilitator, what would you recommend? Yeah. So in addition to the reading books and practicing and reflecting, I mean, one of the things that I did early on, well, it wasn't totally early on, but it was earlier on, is I went to one of your trainings that you did. That was super helpful. That was a three-day training that was highly interactive, very participatory, and that's an opportunity to just practice these things. So there are, you know, it seems hard to find training mm. out there. Um, I was leading a couple for a while. I haven't led any in the last six months or a year, but one of the other ways that I learned as well was leading some of those trainings myself. I also went through a process through the International Association of Facilitators to become a certified professional facilitator. That's probably something to do a little later in somebody's process, but on their website there's a lot of great resources. And um, But mostly I just learned by doing. That's the, that's the, the main thing is that every Every organization working for change needs to meet, and if there's somebody who's thinking about growing their capacity to facilitate, to ask those groups, do you want a neutral outside facilitator? I'll, I'm, I'm wanting to practice. Uh, I'll give you my services for free, but what I request for you is feedback on how I did it so I can grow in this process. Absolutely. I, I think that is the one of the best ways to get started, uh, to start with the groups that you know or have access to in some way and volunteer because, uh, and and especially in the social sector, they welcome that because they can't afford to pay very many people to pay much or, all, or sometimes or, or anyway, so uh, everybody wins. And, yeah. and but I, I Really like your suggestion that they make the deal be that what they get in return of this volunteer is feedback on how they did because and we all should need to be getting that feedback all the time, you know. Right, right, right. And and I heard there's a new book coming out. <laughs> well, there is. That's true. <laughs> that uh, has a lot of good resources in it as well. So I'm, I'm definitely, that's something I'll be recommending. To well, thank you. I'm so glad you mentioned it. Yeah, the Bonfire Collection, it'll be out, well, when we air these these uh, interviews, it'll be to announce that publication. And, uh, yeah, we're very excited about it. Because, I mean, I, was sh I wasn't shocked, but I was impressed, maybe that's really the word, when we really sat down to pull, there's over 200 articles, you know, almost 250 articles written by a variety of people, and you're one, and um, all people working in the field, and it is a treasure trove of information. I mean, it's almost, it didn't, it wasn't intended to be that, because the articles were all written independently a yeah. few years, but, but it turns out to be almost like that. Mm -hmm. video or at least an important reference for and it's organized by themes and, and yeah. it's easy to find what you want which wasn't the case before when they just were appearing individually these articles so yeah, yeah I think I think it's an exciting contribution to the to the field and um, and so uh, thanks for helping us make it happen you really enjoyed that last interview and I also hope that you're kind of hungry 
to have more opportunities to learn from experienced facilitators like the ones featured in this series. If that's the case, I have great news for you. The Bonfire Collection, a complete reference guide for facilitation and change, will be available starting May 12th. This compendium of useful information, written by working experts in the field, provides the practical tips and inspiration you need when you're working with groups. The material is organized into all of our favorite topics, including facilitation, effective meetings, participatory processes, conflict, consensus, leadership, and more, so you can easily find the content that you're looking for. The Bonfire Collection will provide you with answers to your questions about how to deal with the challenges of working with groups, tools for increasing group participation, and inspiration for supporting change through your great facilitation. It's kind of like having a personal coach at your fingertips. The Bonfire Collection comes in three formats, hard copy, e-ring notebook, e-book, and downloadable PDF. All contain the same great information, and you can get your copy of the Bonfire Collection at the special launch price if you buy before May 30th. Add the Bonfire Collection to your facilitation toolkit as soon as it becomes available on May 12th.